0: are locked on nba your daily nba podcast part of the locked on podcast network
1: your team every day welcome everybody to your favorite day of the week that felt weird to say i never say it you it's usually it it was my old host anthony but now i am saying it i'm adam modest and i'm joined by my co-host today tony east tony what's going on brother I'm going to be talking NBA. You know, I'm usually confined
0: to my Pacers sphere over at Lockdown Pacers, but covering the whole league, I'm, I'm very excited to uh, to dive
1: into all the action from tonight. You are, you've got to be excited to talk about something other than Pacers. It's the time of year, the you know, you just see the the grave, the Pacers grave ahead of you. Um, but we got a lot to get to tonight. We've got a full slate, six games tonight with some very interesting details in some of those games, some crazy ones. A new 50-point score, who would have guessed? It's not who you think it was, in segment two. You know, we're going to talk about which lottery teams would benefit the most from a top three pick. We're already in tanking zone. We're already in that zone where people are starting to, do you want to win if you're down there? Do you want to try to get the best seating possible? And then because it's the NFL draft night, we're going to take a look back at the last 10 years of the NBA draft and determine what are the five best power ranking, the five best drafts of the last decade. But first, we're presented by Built Bar. You can go to builtbar.com, use that promo code locked fifteen to save a little bit of cash on your first order. Um, they've got some great stuff there. What did you have today? I know you had a you had a built bar right before the show. What was it there, Tony? I
0: did. I had the peanut butter brownie. It's my favorite flavor. And it
1: was the last one in the box, so I've got to get more. And I have a promo code for that. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Um, Let's start in chronological order. Let's go over Dallas and Detroit. No Luca today. No problem. He was out of the game with an elbow uh, issue. They said, doesn't sound like it's too serious, but he missed this one and they still picked up a win in large part because Tim Hardaway Jr. Career high, 42 points, including 17 points in a row in the fourth quarter. What do you take away from this one, Tony?
0: Yeah. On the piston side, that looks like they're really leaning into the tank. Their starting lineup tonight features a bunch of young guys, Killian (laughs) Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sekou Dumboya and Sadiq Bey all starting for them, but good for Tim Hardaway Jr., to do very well. Also, Chris Taps Porzingis exited this game
1: with an injury, which is something to look out for with Dallas going forward. That's just the default Chris Taps Porzingis, I feel, <laughs> just exited the game. I assumed he exited the game. Um, that You mentioned a bunch of guys on Detroit, but you didn't mention my favorite of their year. Actually, it's not my favorite. Uh, it might be my favorite, actually. He's not the best. Isaiah Stewart tonight, 20 points. I like this guy. Have you watched him play at all, or, or how much have you seen him? Because this dude, he just plays so hard, and he's so strong.
0: Yeah, that kill that pick got killed, and then he's been awesome. He's got endless motor for that team. I've watched him a fair amount because Pacers and Pistons right. are in the same division. Uh yeah, he that dude just tries as hard as anyone on the court and fighting for the, the boards. He's always in great position for him, too. Yeah, he he was he's good and he played very well in this game. Mavs aren't a particularly great rebounding team, but sometimes Tim Hardaway Jr. scores forty-two points, and it doesn't matter what else happens in the game. Oh, well, it was a perfect loss,
1: I think, for Detroit is what it was. But no, you know, a lot of times when you say, "Hey, he plays really hard," it's almost a backhanded compliment. Like, "Hey, he's not, not good, but he can." <laughs> but I think Isaiah Stewart. Look, he's not a star player, but I think he could be a like. They're... He's not Montrez Harrell. They're different types of players. But Montrez Harrell makes you work. He's like a bench guy that comes in and makes you work. And I think Isaiah Stewart could end up being the similar type of guy where. A pony, a po- opposing centers look at him and are like, I got Isaiah Stewart tonight. That guy's a pain. I wholeheartedly agree, and I covered
0: Jakar Sampson, who is the exact same <laughs> way. You used to cover Jakar right. Sampson in Denver, so you know what
1: that's about. I wholeheartedly agree with that full assessment. Speaking of Jakar Sampson, let's get to the Jakar Sampson news. Brooklyn and Indiana, uh, Indiana, the Pacers. KD, it just I believe it's his third game back, uh, and he goes for 42 points on 16 shots, adds 10 assists, including 22 points in the third quarter. He's pretty good. Yeah.
0: I was in the building for this one and he just, the Pacers had no answers, right? They, they don't have wing sized guys to handle that player anyway. So, but just this game, it was just a total, total domination from him, especially that third quarter. Cause this game was kind of close at times in the first half, even in the fourth quarter it was a seven point game at one point. And then Kevin Durant would come in the game and then it was just over. He was finding teammates, hitting every shot, the only effective pacer on him all night was Keelan Martin. And I'm assuming most people listening don't even know who Keelan Martin is. So, uh, yeah, he, he dominated and was the Kevin Durant that everybody knows is one of the best players in the world.
1: You said most effective. Was he effective or was he just got killed the least? <laughs> uh, he had a few
0: possessions where he actually bothered him. So, I okay. you, you were right, though. Uh, pacer <laughs> side, I have so many notes because I was in the building for this. Carousel Vert was amazing in a revenge game for him, 36 right. points. Every other Pacers news bit is bad for them, right? Their, their entire opening night starting lineup is now out with an injury. Malcolm Brogdon hurt his hamstring mm. in this game. He joins Turner and Sabonis and Warren on the shelf. Oladipo is injured for the heat right now. Jakar Sampson, who we just mentioned, hurt his head and had to exit the game. Edmund Sumner Jeez. hurt his knee. So the Pacers are just a, a skeleton crew at this point. They didn't really stand a chance in this one. But uh, yeah, Durant was amazing. Former Pacer Alizé Johnson with a 20-20 game. Uh, the Nets dominated this one basically the whole time.
1: Pacers 11 and 19 at home is interesting. I know this is the, you know, the the pandemic year and there haven't been fans and this or that, but that even still, that's a pretty bad record. Even if you just count the advantage of sleeping in your own bed to prepare for it. But I want to actually go back to Kevin Durant here because I, one of the most impressive individual performances that I've watched this season was Kevin Durant destroying the Denver Nuggets earlier in the season without James Harden and without Kyrie Irving and tonight, same thing. And what do you get? points and assists from KD. I don't think we think of KD that way. And now that he's teamed up with two guys who are going to have the ball in their hands when everybody's healthy, I don't think we'll see it. And I think it's a bit of a shame because I think that the Kevin Durant, what he's grown into now, obviously scoring is skill number one, but he's really good at getting to his spots and distributing as well in a way that I haven't seen before. And I wish we got more of it. He had
0: some incredibly quick reads in this game. The Pacers, in Pacers fashion, send immediate doubles when he would catch in the post or at the elbow and he right away would recognize it. And uh, like Jeff green was the beneficiary, a lot flying down the lane, Alizé Johnson, who I mentioned earlier, you know, they were getting a lot of easy buckets from Katie, making those quick reads out of the double. And yeah, like you said, he, he can get to his spots and set up guys as well off the bounce. Pacers just had no answers and the nets are the perfect team for him to showcase that passing, right? They've got shooters. They've got great slashers. He, he, he can carve people up perfectly with this roster. And it was cool to see without Harden Irving him do that.
1: Yeah. Um, KD was good tonight. He was not the best player in the NBA. The best player in the NBA was Kevin (laughs) Porter Jr. Hold on a second. Did I get that right? Kevin Porter Jr. goes for 50 points tonight as the Houston Rockets, the tanking Houston Rockets beat the Milwaukee Bucks who are trying to get the one seed. Nobody had a lot of people had to have lost money on this game tonight. They did not see Kevin Porter's 50 piece going. What, what What did you see from Kevin Porter tonight?
0: Yeah, 17 fourth quarter points, dagger three. I mean, and, the, and it was like most of it was in the last six minutes of the fourth, which just kept coming and coming. It was one of those nights where it just felt incredible. And I was thinking before the game, because Giannis got hurt in the first minute of this game and exited uh, 46 mm. seconds in, that would be the story of the game. Is Giannis going to be okay? And then he gets overshadowed by just a ridiculous Kevin Porter performance. Jamal Crawford on Twitter gave him DAP for joining the 50-point club, but this is the kind of guy he was with the Cavs, right? We saw he had some off-the-dribble creation skills for himself, 11 assists tonight too, so he had that for others as well, and when he's got the step back rolling a little bit and he can get into the paint, he's really tough to stop when he's on, and this was his first game back, I believe, from health and safety protocols, and he showed that at his best he is very good and a nice building block for this
1: Rockets team. He might be a nice building block. He's got an old-school game to him. Like, he's not really smooth i don't think he kind of moves a little bit slower and his moves are herky jerky but that's exactly the word i had in my head herky jerky yeah he's got this herky jerky game to him it's old school but i mean it was effective tonight and it's funny because i look at that houston team and i say oh man i don't like where they are they're they're bad but i don't love their pieces but maybe that's a bright you know he's had some off court issues that i think you know will hang over the early part of his career if he can't sort of silence and overcome those but 50 piece man not many guys can do that Golden State, Minnesota. Minnesota now the longest active winning streak. Tied with my Denver Nuggets. Anthony Edwards, though, a big fourth quarter. He gets 18 of his 25 points in the fourth. And head coach Chris Finch had this quote. He's fearless. He has a swagger and a confidence and a belief that he is a great player. I agree. Yeah, he, he's he got one of the best swaggers
0: for a rookie we've seen in a long time. And when he's scoring like this, he's he's just a phenomenal player. Uh, they When they played the Pacers earlier this season, he almost buried a game winner right at the buzzer, uh, just a, a very confident 40 foot release, no. uh, 10 to 19, three of six from DP. He's definitely got, he's definitely improving as the season goes on in a very dramatic way, which I think is always a positive sign. I mean, duh, improvement, but you know, the, the way he's grown and the manner in which he's done it very quickly. And over the course of his first season, I think bodes very well for his future. And to see him come up with clutch performances like this against good teams is also impressive, especially for a now winning Minnesota
1: Timberwolves team. So it's funny. They won four in a row. Part of me thinks this was a galaxy brain loss by the golden state warriors to save the pick here. (laughs) So uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves playing well enough to maybe lose their top pick crazy. We're going to talk about that later on another game that, a game that didn't have tons of implications New Orleans pelicans beat the oklahoma city thunder the only note i have after this game stan van gundy had a fire quote he says speaking of zion williamson is he the best young guy ever i don't know but in this class it's not going to take you long to take uh attendance in there um he's he's pretty freaking remarkable man zion williamson is but as remarkable as he is pelicans my number one most disappointing team in the NBA. Do you have any notes on this game? I have two two lottery teams. I don't know if there's a lot to say.
0: Not really. Nothing really stands out, uh, Thunder side on the box score. And you know, they've been tanktastic for over a month now. It's impossible to take much of what they're doing seriously. Always fun to watch Pokushevsky, but you know, yeah. you know what they are at this point. So yeah, game the Pelicans should win. They got good numbers out of their two best players. That's what they need to see every game, even though they've been very disappointing. They
1: should win this game, and they did. The last game of the night, the Raptors are in Denver to take on the Nuggets. Nuggets win this one, kind of going away, 121-111. I I think the Raptors finished this game on a 9-0 run, so this is really a 20-point win by Denver, who, by the way, lost a bunch of players, keeps winning. The winningest team over the last 20 games in all of the NBA. Go figure. The Denver Nuggets, who the shorthanded Denver Nuggets, they get huge contributions from Michael Porter tonight. He gets 23 points. But the bench, the story for me, watching this game, obviously I covered Denver. The bench, Shaq Harrison and Austin Rivers, a guy on a two-way and a guy who just got off of a 10-day. And you wouldn't think an Austin Rivers-led backcourt was going to be defensively dominant, but that's what that second unit was tonight and has been for the last few games the Nuggets just keep rolling. Are you impressed by my Denver Nuggets, shorthanded Denver Nuggets, just keep winning? Absolutely. And especially with the guard rotation of Kempazo,
0: Dozier, Rivers, and Shaq <laughs> Harrison, any win is a, is impressive. Obviously they have the MVP on their team, but with that guard rotation, you know, you're you're making up for missed skills in other places, but to get any win with those four guys, all playing very well, by the way, right now uh, is impressive. So yes, the Nuggets keep rolling on and Porter, absolutely shining recently as well. Uh, I believe he was a little hobbled coming into this game. You can speak more to that. But uh, so for him to lead the team in scoring is equally impressive.
1: Either impressive that he played 35 minutes tonight on a back-to-back with a bad ankle or dumb, to be determined, I suppose. (laughs) But uh, it's just this Nuggets team, man, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to make noise in the playoffs. I think a lot of people are counting them out, but... Like you said, they have the MVP, and sometimes you put a two-way guy and a 10-day guy on the court with the MVP, and they turn into stars, and that's what's happening. Um, Let's take a quick break, though. On the other side, shorter segment, we're going to look at uh, the lottery teams now as we get there and start to talk about jockeying for position and which teams can have the most immediate bump if they win a top three pick. But first, Tony, take us to break. Yeah, we got to talk about
0: betonline.ag first. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now baseball season is in full swing. You can track all of the action over at betonline. This week, too, it's getting really heated on there. The NFL draft going. The first round uh, happened today. It's continuing on tomorrow. Kentucky Derby Triple Crown Race begins this weekend. So get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs over at betonline.ag with all those sports. Before the next pitch, head over to your laptop or mobile device Check out all the greatest sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. As teams prep for their runs or to the playoffs, head to that website, betonline.ag, and use the promo code locked on, all one word. When you create an account, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
1: back here on the Locked On NBA Friday edition and want to remind you guys, the Locked On NFL podcast is covering the draft and this is what's so great about the Locked On Network. You get local experts in every single market and you're not going to want to miss today's episode. Probably the biggest episode of the entire year is they recap the first round of the draft and like I said, you get local experts from all of the teams that selected today. So head on over and check them out, Locked On NFL. Getting into this here, Tony, so it is the draft. Uh, the NFL draft, the NBA draft, not far away. And I'm so curious. There's some teams that just have no hope and it, they're a long building process and they might be interesting here or there. But I have a list of, of teams and I want to run these by you if you, to see if you agree that if they are to win a top three pick, especially a top one pick, although this year, there's three, four, five guys that all could go number one. But if they want a top pick, it would have an immediate impact on their future. And I'm going to start. We just finished with them. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they're number one on my list. Why? Because it's top three protected, and if it's not a top three pick, they're going to miss <laughs> out on it. But yeah, not- and it goes to Golden State, who could immediately flip it and make them an immediately
0: awesome team again for next year, right? Or whatever they're going to do. Yeah, Minnesota should it should be high, is high on my list as well. They are in my top three. Uh, any team with young guys like Edwards and D'Lo and Towns, adding another high tier talent to that would be incredible for them. And they have such high stakes, you know, they really swung with D'Lo thinking that he's going to be a part of the future of the team. I think they are with their win today, they improved to nine and six with both D'Lo and Kat in the lineup. So you had another top three, I believe is the protection pick to that team. Right. And all of a sudden that future's looking really good.
1: And they could use like a Cade Cunningham who's projected to be number one. Here, Here's a question I have for you, though, Tony. And I, I hate to be this guy because I'm you're a small market guy. You're a small market guy. And I hate <laughs> when other people try to trade other small market players. But I wonder if Towns, being now six years into his career, whatever it's been, if he is starts to get a little bit frustrated there. And this is why I said did Golden State get a little galaxy brain if he does, if he wanted out or if they felt an inability to to keep him, they've got guys that are even younger on the timeline than him. Is there a chance if they miss out on this first pick, if you're Minnesota, do you look at this and say, Hey, next year, we're a playoff team out West where golden state's getting better. All these teams are still there. I always wonder if secretly, and I only say this because I heard Zach Lowe one time say he has a golden state trade that he can't utter publicly because it's too, it's too uh, insulting. But if, Golden State gets that pick. If it does go to them, and it's the fourth pick, Towns wants out. Could you see a Golden State-Minnesota swap that included Andrew Wiggins, the ninth pick, the fourth pick, for Carl Anthony Towns, and Minnesota gets to hit the reset around Andrew Wiggins, Wiseman, and the the fourth pick overall in this year's draft? Is that a crazy thing?
0: Wiggins going back to Minnesota is absolutely the best part. It's the
1: proposal. craziest thing that we have to make the <laughs> contracts work. So Wiggins, the salary of Wiggins for Towns, and then you you send over Wiseman, a fourth pick and a ninth pick. If I'm Minnesota, I look at that and I go, I don't know if I make the playoffs next year, even with Towns, but if we get the reset and we get four lottery picks all within the first or second year of the contract, that's, that's really good. Yeah, I didn't realize that Towns was six years into
0: his career like that. It makes sense. And I know he's been around for a while, but that just sounds so long for him so right his deal is only three more years after this they have to start thinking that way and they could definitely you're right that their timelines don't match right he's already on a max deal by the time edwards even comes up and delos on his the money isn't even going to work so if you're not sure about the core you got to you got to shake it up eventually. So if they think they can strike while the iron's hot and make it happen, yeah, that makes some sense to me.
1: It's too painful that it will never happen. But it is one of these ones that I look at and I go, oh, God, that, that, that's like the perfect deal that both <laughs> te- those will just be rejected. The next team on my list is Oklahoma City. And here's what's crazy. I mean, what do they have, 30 picks over the next couple of years? They are not on my list. So, they're, so But here's why they're high on my list. If you hit immediately and you get the top pick in your first year, say so you get the number one overall pick maybe you look at all of your pro- projections later on and say okay we already got our top guy we've already got Shea we've got Cade or or Mobley or whoever it is they would want to go with maybe that changes the course of how they spend their other picks that they have in this year's draft because I think they've got five or six so to me that's why I thought they would have the biggest impact you get two number ones and Shea and whoever they take you're already pretty far along in your rebuild and you could use that other capital elsewhere yeah I've thought about that for them as
0: well like at what, at what point do they decide to, to push in the chips? Is it to move up to get Cade potentially? Is it down right. the line when you have Shea and whatever top pick you have this year, and then you push those in for the third star for that team? What is the right time for them? Maybe it is now, and maybe it would be interesting for them to get it now and save those chips for later. But with a team with so many picks, it's hard for me to be super <laughs> interested or thrilled about them jumping into the top three. And their, their tank this month has been like, embarrassing for fans on, on, on that kind of level so it's hard for me to to give them that that nod that said because we've never seen anything like what they've done before in terms of the number of picks like the hinky stuff was a lot of second rounders and, right right you know contract stuff this is like top end picks for eight years seven years however long it is so we've never seen anything like this I'll be very interested to see how it goes and them getting the first pick in the very first year would be quite the way to start it off
1: I'm a bit of a hater because I don't, I, I hate it. Like, I hate that they have this many picks. To me, it's a broken system when you have that much power over the draft. But if they win it this year, I mean, are they, you know, if they move up, that would be a, a crazy acceleration. Chicago's the next one on my list protected one through four. So similar to Minnesota, like, part of why it would be so big for them to get it is it gives an immediate impact. And here's the thing I'm thinking with them. Arturnis Karnasovis. I know him well. He was in Denver. He helped. He was one of the architects of this Denver rebuild that they did. You give him a top three pick, and all of a sudden, I feel like they completely, they probably will do this either way, but completely pivot directions. There's probably a market and sell-off. There's probably a few of the big names that go out, and you start in earnest with with a really great player that they could take in the top three. So they're high on my list. Yeah, that's an interesting one for sure. Uh, they're kind of at a weird
0: inflection point where they they went all in kind of this year on Levine and Vucevic and it's for various reasons you know Levine's been out for a while but it's not paying off right so right. they they also have some like Minnesota some potentially tough decisions of their core lining up coming forward and they kind of have it tiered off right there's the Vuch is older and then there's like right. the Levine age group right. and then there's the Larry Markin age group and then there's the Pat Williams age group it's even separated into three tiers to me i'm a so, big pat
1: williams guy by the way i'm a big believer
0: oh me too he so if, if pokushevsky on the poku funk scale which okay. i just made that just now if he's a 50 pat williams is like in the 40s you know he's got a lot of funk in his game and i like that um yeah but Chicago's definitely an interesting one for sure i i considered putting them on my list and did not but uh yeah they, they, they could have some very changing decisions i can't imagine them trading for vucevic and then getting a top pick and then immediately flipping him but you know what? It it would might make some sense for their timeline.
1: Yeah. Um, the last team I had on here is Charlotte. They they might not be at the lottery team, but they do have – I mean, LaMelo Ball, you pair them with another great player. and Charlotte, I, I don't know what the last time – I have personally been excited about Charlotte, but you give them one more – they always seem like they are right where they are, like the 10th pick. Yeah. But you give them another top pick along LaMelo Ball, and all of a sudden I'm on board. My, I think, most interesting one is not on
0: your list. Let's hear it. The Tampa Bay slash Toronto Raptors. (laughs) They are definitely, they are definitely interesting. Yeah. With Kyle Lowry's free agency coming up and, you know, a down season from Pascal OG Ananobi hits his extension next year. If they get a really good pick and can convince Lowry to come back. I mean, they'd have either the assets or the team to be really good again, especially when they're not playing in not their hometown anymore. Um, They have a great coaching staff, great front office. I think they could be a very interesting one to me that, you know they could really build something special very quickly on the fly given the roster they already have it with can, trading can you pick or keeping it and being awesome for can,
1: can you imagine on? though to me like how larry's gone in my mind and this is so it would be so but it would be you're right you're not wrong that maybe things change because I was there on the eve of the trade deadline, Kyle Lowry just goes completely off against the Denver Nuggets. And it was every, it was like the, the goodbye. Everybody was kind of hugging him and it was like, Hey man, great last game. Then he didn't get traded. And I just thought at that moment, maybe he won't, maybe he'll just come back and the Raptors will keep on rolling. And that's a scenario where maybe that that's what helps. I can't imagine
0: Lowry in another jersey. Like, just the physical yeah. It's like the the worst, first one for me in my life that I'm going to show my age in a little bit, but the first jersey guy that I saw on a new team that I really hurt my brain was Tony Parker on the Hornets, which I can't even believe that was <laughs> That's right. That I, almost, I actually forgot about that. Yeah, very unmemorable uh, sequence uh, for a player there. But I think Lowry on any other team other than Toronto. I know he played for Houston before then, but uh, I, I just always imagine him in a Raptors jersey. would be weird. But I do get for them why it might make sense to move on you have another one? Uh, I was going to say, gold, this is pretty far-fetched, but Golden State jumping up from their 13. If they also keep the Minnesota pick, they'd suddenly have Wiseman and two top how, whatever picks to do something very crazy. And you know, if they think Clay's coming back and they can get one, squeeze one more good year out of Draymond, they could do something incredibly interesting, albeit that's super unlikely. Mm. yeah it is a
1: little bit unlikely and but... i know no
0: one wants to root for golden state in the lottery so I understand
1: that one that. would suck i mean golden state somehow falling out of it which i guess is that part's possible but then winning by being one of the worst odds to jump up that that high would that, that would be ridiculous it would uh, it would be painful is what it would be actually so they had yeah. a great decade yeah oh yeah they, they don't
0: deserve it in terms of the basketball gods or the ethos or however you want right. to you want to phrase it but in terms of teams that could benefit the most i think that them jumping up, obviously any team jumping up from 13 to one would be a huge boost, but given their situation with uncertainty with Wiseman and a potential other top five pick from another team, they could do a whole lot if they jump up.
1: My God, Wiseman and the number one pick would fetch you. I mean, anybody, almost anybody <laughs> yeah. in the league. Cross out
0: Luca and Zion yeah. and then take your pick of anybody else. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: All right, well, let's um, we'll hit another break on the other side. It's Friday. And as we always do on the show on Fridays, we're going to power rank something. We're going to power rank the draft classes of the last 10 years. Yeah, but first, Adam, we got to talk about Bilt Bar like you brought up earlier. I had the peanut butter
0: brownie flavor earlier today. Bilt Bar is making the best tasting protein bars ever. They are 100% covered in chocolate soft and easy to chew protein bars that come in so many flavors our ad read says 18 but it's way more than that at this point they've added a crunchy line a marshmallow filled line they're delicious and they're great for the health conscious guy they're great for losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat they're low calorie low sugar protein bars that are still high in protein and high in fiber and they're great for like a keto diet for example Uh, the peanut butter one not the peanut butter brownie one different uh, has 19 grams of protein 180 calories five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs for example, if you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, the number one five at the end of that, you'll get 15% off your next order. That's builtbar.com with the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off.
1: Back here on the Locked on NBA Friday edition, I'm um, with Tony East, I'm Adam Mates, and because it's the NFL Draft today, we're going to look back at the last 10 years. This was a fun ex- exercise, the last 10 years of the NBA Draft, and it's funny because some of these drafts, the most recent ones, to me, didn't stand out, but when you go back and start looking at all of the players from the draft, I kept going, ooh, that was a good draft, that was a good draft, and I don't remember when these were happening thinking they were <laughs> good drafts. Um, I did the same thing. You did the same thing. Okay, let's get your list. We did my list the last time. Should you have yours in order? I do have them in order. Do you want me to just
0: rattle through get, all five and then we'll ra- talk
1: about them? Or- rattle through 10 through six Rich, real quick. So we won't oh, talk I about those to ones too 10. much. All 10, I only did the top five. Oh, well, there you go. I, d- I think I, I think that's all I asked for. I'll give you, well, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll do your list. So we'll just go the top five then. Give me, uh, give me number five.
0: My number five draft from the last decade is 2014. The draft that the Denver faithful is all too familiar with.
1: This was my third, but let me uh, let's uh, let's rattle off why you have it uh, the third or the fifth best. The the best
0: two players in this draft, MVP candidates, right? That automatically makes point. it very good. Um, <laughs> good
1: point. Strong After point.
0: that, you know, I'm sorting by VORP. VORP is a terrible stat, but it's a good way to kind of totality list the guys of what they've done since then. The third guy in VORP is Clint Capella. He's good, and then there's some other really good names in this. Julius Randle, obviously having an incredible yeah. season. Levine and All Star Aaron Gordon very good. Kyle Anderson's done some sneaky nice stuff in his career. Dinwiddie. I could go on and on. It's pointless to just bust off every player from this draft. It has a ton of like high end role guys slash low end all-stars after two MVP. So it's, it's a really solid draft. And at the time, I don't think anybody outside of the top, I mean, Wiggins was first. He didn't turn out to be much Jabari Parker didn't turn out to be much outside of MB the top 10 kind of was weak until the season, but uh, yeah th- this draft it turned out to be pretty good
1: so I had it third and I labeled this the best second round draft that we've had because listen to the second round very good obviously Jokic but then you have Joe Harris Jeremy Grant Spencer Din- Dinwiddie Dwight Powell and Jordan Clarkson that's a really good second round those guys are all like not fringe they play a little minutes here those are like really good players obviously an MVP candidate Um, it is the Wiggins draft I think it'll forever be known as the Wiggins draft just and that's a little bit disappointing but Levine was in this one Uh, Nurkic um, Bogdan Bogdanovich who I like so to me this one I had this one third because I think it was pretty good especially value to be found later in the draft all right what's number four number four for me 2018 wow I had this one too we're completely different I like this we're butting heads here all right give me give me your why
0: well, the, the the top of this one is incredible in terms of talent, right? going to be in the MVP discussion for the next 10 years. Trey Young's going to sneak into the MVP discussion at some point, and at least an all-star for the next yeah while, right? Shea looks amazing for the Thunder. He's going to be a multi-time all-star. Mikhail Bridges looks great for the Suns. DeAndre Ayton is starting to round into form for the Suns. And then Michael Porter Jr. There it is. There, there it is going to be a multi-time all-star as well. Jaron Jackson Jr. has a chance to be a multi-time Listen to this. How's
1: this Ford?
0: Listen to these names. <laughs> I might, I probably should move that to three. I think I need to jump that in front of the one behind it, but yeah, that's, it's, it's a very star studded draft. The problem
1: is that the, it doesn't have what the last one had with like
0: those role guys.
1: There's not, a, there's not as many of them. Well, let me, I, allow me to retort here because I had this one as the deepest draft. It was number two, but it was for me, but it was the deepest draft. Cause you go into the late first round and you've got Colin Sexton, Kevin Herter, who I think are both very good. Both of the bridges, you've got second rounders, Gary Trent, Jr. Javon Carter, Devonte Graham, Mitchell Robinson, De'Anthony Melton, Jalen Brunson, and shake Milton. That's a lot of players in the second round. To me, this was the one where you look at it And what was interesting about this is if you go to the lottery of this draft, it's very hit or miss. I mean, Bagley, you don't have to go that far. There's some bad ones. But if you go to the second half of the first round, that's where you find all this value, the middle and second round with obviously MPJ and the bridges and Herter and a bunch of those guys. So to me, I labeled it the deepest draft. And because of that, I was number two, even if there's only one future MVP candidate on here. And that's Luka Doncic, in my opinion.
0: You, are, you actually convinced me to move this one ahead of the one that I'm about
1: oh, to it's say. It's too late. It's too late,
0: Tony. It's too late. <laughs> You're right. There are more post-lotto talents than I gave credit for. I, I kind of went back bad. up. You know, you see Spellman and Musha and yeah, Jacob yeah. Evans at the back of this first round. You kind of go, eh. I watched Anthony Simons light up the Pacers for nine threes two nights ago, so maybe I should have been higher on this draft here. My not, number not, three, not my
1: favorite guy, but go on. All right, go on. Number three. Controversial. Controversial. Oh, God.
0: I should have moved this back.
1: 2017. Okay. All right. I had this four. So we have like the same ones just in different order. All right. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, the, the, like the last two, basically for me, the top guys in this one are fantastic. Tatum's going to be in the MVP discussions. Mitchell's going to be an all-star for a long time. Bam Adebayo's is going to be an all-star for a long time, but then the guys behind that group that are coming up and are very talented are all approaching a pretty good status really quickly, right? Like Jared Allen has found the perfect yeah. situation for him He's in good. Cleveland. Lonzo ball is ascending despite not getting yeah. quite the touches he needs to be off. Awesome. He'll I mean, be great Orleans, on the Knicks not, next year. <laughs> yes, absolutely. John Collins, same thing in Atlanta. Nate McMillan's got him playing at a high level. De'Aaron Fox looks very good. You just saw OG Ananobi tonight. He looks very good. So a lot of very good, yet not quite all-star level guys behind yeah. the studs at the top of this draft. So it's, it's a good one.
1: This is why it was it was a little bit lower for me because you're right, Tatum is great. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, all-star. Bam out of bio and all-star. After that, I'm not sure there's any more all-stars. They are good players like Ananobi and Kyle Kuzma and Fox and Lonzo. Maybe Lonzo gets an all-star or something sometime, but they're not quite – they're good players. They're just not quite there. And if you go to the second round, there's a couple gems, but it's Dylan Brooks, Monte Morris, Thomas Bryant – it's a good draft. To me, that's a pretty good draft. Not great. I had it four. See, I think me and you just both have, our, the teams we cover, had a terrible
0: draft in 2016.
1: <laughs> so we both have disdain for for this draft. I mean, so true, to... man. I did not hear uh, Tyler Lydon's name called when you were rattling off all the hits. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, you didn't say T.J. Leaf's name. Either,
1: so. You know what's sad is there were people clamoring. I remember T.J. Leaf was uh, people clamoring for him uh, in the draft.
0: Yeah, uh OG and Renobi was in the Pacers' backyard, and they still picked leave with OG on the board. So oh man, not too bad. I have. A, I'm scared to pick my top two because I. I oh, I'll make fun of you me. no matter
1: what. So this will be okay. great. This will be perfect. Number two, 2011. Oh, this was my number one. Okay,
0: okay. I'm glad I'm not doing. Well, that makes me scared. Okay. For how could one. I have?
1: How could I have had a? How could you? I have been mad at this one. Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler. Just go with those four. Yeah. I called this one. The draft of champions because look at how many champions we talk about this was 2011 so it's the last decade Kawhi Leonard two championships Kyrie Irving one championship Klay Thompson three championships that's a lot of the championship starters and stars on the championship teams of the last decade man every
0: every time you start talking I go oh I should have moved it up I should have <laughs> moved it up
1: because <laughs> Kemba's in this
0: draft obviously yeah. storied career at this point Vucevic is multi-time all-stars in this draft Tobias Harris had some great seasons in this draft Isaiah Thomas was yeah, the last pick in this The draft. last that, pick yep that vaunts this one up pretty high as well so this one is is better than maybe I should have put it at one I, I kind of toggled between two and one I, I'm nervous because I think you've said you're two three and four my number one is not as high for you but this one didn't have like after the top it was like the top guys via rank wasn't quite as good. Like Brandon Knight's in the lotto here yeah. John Vesely Biombo. I mean, there's some real
1: misses for some sure.
0: Real misses in the, at the top of this one. So What's I, interesting
1: I, about I, 2011 is it was right when the league was changing and three point shooting became more important. So the teams that were slow to adapt to that drafted guys that nowadays you look at and you go, how did you think that was a good guy? He can't <laughs> dribble or shoot outside the paint. Um, but the second round, as you mentioned, there was Bertons Bertans was in there, Boyan Bogdanovich and Isaiah Thomas. That's pretty good. I mean, not, not super deep in the second round, but those are some pretty good dudes. All right. My I 2017, wait. I can't talk too much about the 2011 draft because the Pacers drafted
0: Kawhi and Bertans and then traded them for George Hill. So we, <laughs> we, we don't talk about
1: the 2011 draft. Wow. Okay. What's your number one? You've Oh, hear. No. 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 Well, that was my number one. That was my. Oh, number... I want to hear your number one. And hopefully, it's my number five. Because if it's not, I'm gonna. I. I'm. We're gonna fight. Is your number five 2012? You say what yours is. I'm not giving you this. I'm not <laughs> My you number one is number
0: 2012. Five. My number one is 2012. Wow. No, that was my number six. Wow. Dame, A.D., Draymond, Beal, Drummond, Middleton, Crowder. That is a great top of the draft. And they... Crowder, huh? (laughs) I just read the top ten. That draft produced (laughs) so many good role players, like an absurd number. I guess Crowder should have probably fallen (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy Lamb, Will Barton, Harrison Barnes, Terrence Ross, Mo Harkless, Evan Fournier... It was a good draft. There was no misses early on in this one, but I think 2011 was better. I
1: was little harkless. We're to 48. Like these guys are good, but I mean, come on. I mean, Anthony Davis obviously at the top. I mean, one of the best players of the last 10 years. Remember, there was a real discussion about MKG versus Anthony Davis before I cannot <laughs> I, that. I, what? Um, Draymond Green's obviously a fantastic second round pick. Will Barton and Middleton too, but i mean if you just compare the top of this draft ad bill and lillard and we compare that to the 2011 one Kawhi, butler clay i don't i don't know i think 2011 even has a better top three i think i skipped bayless this one i think 2011 should have been my number one (laughs) i think you did well that said i
0: like 2012 a lot more than you apparently there are some very good stars in this 2012 draft
1: very solid 26 still around 2016 was the team in my top five that you didn't have. I had, a, uh, I mean, Ben Simmons and Ingram and Jalen Brown and Jamal Murray. That's a really good top four play. I mean, they're kind of, they're a little bit younger, but, um, you know, th- those guys to me were ahead of that AD Bill Lillard one, maybe a little less top heavy, but they, um, you know, Sabonis, Lavert, Siakam, um, Brogdon, Brogdon. Yeah. Um, so there was, it, it, I thought it was pretty good, but wow. I can't believe it. 2012, your number one, Tony, I, I think, uh, you know, your first time on the Locked On NBA Friday show, and you failed. Um, I got I to gotta come back, and a Damien Lillard, after <laughs> you're going to have to. Guys, hopefully you had fun listening to this, had a little bit of fun uh, heading off into your weekend. Don't forget, hit rate, uh, review, and subscribe. And uh, have a great weekend. We're, we'll be back with Locked On NBA coverage on Monday. Until then.